Hello and welcome to South Asia Chat, a podcast brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies at the National University of Singapore. I am your host Ramita Ayer, research analyst at the institute. Through the month of January, we are running a special South Asia Outlook series which focuses on the developments in each South Asian country. Today we will be discussing Sri Lanka and where it stands in, at the beginning of 2022 with Dr. Chulani Atanayaka, research fellow at ISAS. Thank you for joining us today Dr. Atanayaka. Thank you Ramita for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. So the year 2021 has been quite eventful for Sri Lanka. What are some of the key challenges or changes on the domestic front that you anticipate this year? Yes you are right the year 2021 continued uh, to pose many challenges uh, for Sri Lanka most of these challenges were continuing from the previous year um, such as a slowing economy a rising external debt burden a rise in poverty and cost of living um a severe wave of the pandemic that began in april uh, in 2021 stretched the public health system's capacity and uh, there was a delay in comprehensive island wide vaccination program and some policies um, which were required to mitigate community tra- transition during the festive season season was misaligned so these conditions posed um stress on uh, widespread covid-19 wave uh, i think it was the second wave major wave for the country so as a result of this the number of cases grew rapidly and the government initiated numerous lockdowns and travel restrictions to contain the spread of the virus from time to time that affected the people's livelihood and overall economic activities um, were disrupted from time to time uh, throughout the year so the situation further affected the already ailing economy because um, sri lanka has been having some economic problem for a couple of years now and this further affected uh, and slowed down economic growth than which was anticipated at the beginning of the year uh, on top of that there was uh, foreign exchange car- uh, uh, crisis which was accelerated by the disruption into tourism and a decrease in foreign remittances both of which are primary sources of foreign currency for the country and there were there was also food and fuel shortages and uh, towards i think latter part of the year there were some explosions in domestic gas cylinders which has become a huge issue now this is a leak that it is a leak that this is due to some changes in the quality and the composition of the of these gas cylinders so what sri lanka saw throughout 2021 is a public that is getting frustrated and dissatisfied um, and a very chaotic situation uh, in the uh, domestic sphere so there were multiple protests against the rising cost of living and livelihood issues even the government workers such as teachers and health workers held island wide protests and uh, strikes demanding better pay and better resources um now as we step into 2022 i cannot really say that this year is going to be very different from what it was uh, um, in 2021 i don't 
see it as a smooth sailing. Um, the Sri Lankan government is yet to inform the public and provide some assurance on some substantial public policy changes to ad address these long-standing issues. Most of these economic issues are long-standing due to various uh, um, um, policy uh, failures, failure in the implementations, etc. Um, so on January 4th, uh, as soon as the new year began, the government announced a US dollar 1 billion relief package. This is perhaps to temper the growing public anger over the surging price of es essential food and medical items. But the so the package also expects to raise um, civil servant salaries and pensions, remove some taxes on food and medicine, and provide cash for uh, the uh, people who are under the poverty line. But these uh, measures don't look like concrete solutions. What Sri Lanka needs is uh, dollars to purchase its essentials like staples, uh, essential staples such as wheat, sugar, milk powder, etc. Sri Lankan um, um, Sri Lankans are heavily dependent on these these items, and they are always coming from abroad. And on top of that, in about two weeks, Sri Lanka has to pay US dollar five hundred million international sovereign bond payment. So, without making appropriate policies to address macroeconomic stress on the government's budgetary operations, negative balance of payments, losses incurred by large uh, state-owned enterprises, Sri Lanka will continue to face the same issues and challenges over and over again for years and dec decades to come. So, what we really need at the moment is, are some radical changes to address these issues. Focusing on the COVID-19 pandemic, the World Bank estimates that around 500,000 people have fallen below the poverty line since the beginning of the pandemic. How do you think the government has handled it and what more does it need to do in this respect? Okay, so managing the economy amid a pandemic-induced economic shock has been the biggest challenge for Sri Lanka for the past two years. And Sri Lanka's economy is import-oriented and vulnerable to global capitalist boom and bust cycles that happen from time to time. And years and years of populist electoral policies and failed government policies have led to a growing economic crisis, which only accelerated because of the pandemic. So um, when the pandemic happened, the and paralyzed the global economic activity, Sri Lanka experienced its worst economic downturn. In uh, According to uh, economists, this is the worst economic downturn in the last four decades. And as a result of this, we see a rise in poverty um, in the country, particularly among the informal sector and urban workers. Many of the, these people are self-employed, individuals in tourism and related industri um, industries which have um, severely affected from the pandemic and these people have lost their jobs and other sectors such as tea and garment uh, production also saw a decline a large number of migrant workers from the middle east returned home after losing their jobs in most of these households they were the primary breadwinners 
So, and the, there was a slight boom in agriculture in the first quarter in the 2021, 20, but it was short-lived because again, on misplaced government policies, um, Sri Lankan government uh, um, initiated an overnight ban on chemical fertilizer, despite a lot of criticisms and concerns from the experts. And this not only reduced the um, economic income, it also affected food, sh food shortage. And um, uh, as a result, this also has contributed to increased poverty. Um, in 2021, when the pandemic immediately happened, government provided some relief schemes and assisted individuals who lost their jobs through various means uh, by providing debt monitoriums, relief for loans, etc., etc. But these could not be continued in 2021, and I don't think this can be continued in this year as well, because Sri Lankan economy is already at a very bad stage, and. I, I don't think government can um, uh, mitigate the situation by providing relief schemes one after the other uh, to keep the people afloat. So I think even this uh, recent, most recent re re relief package will only provide very little impact and it will be short-lived. So what the what these people need and what government should be doing in order to mitigate the current um, economic crisis as well as the poverty uh, levels is to provide um, and provide uh, economic opportunities for the people, generate employment, generate businesses, generate economic activities so that these people will have a stable income they will they will have uh, like st economic stability the gotabaya rajapaksha administration since it came to power has emphasized a neutral foreign policy how has this played out over the past year how well do you think sri lanka is placed to balance between major powers in the region like india and china and what challenges does the country face well um i think uh, Sri Lanka's foreign policy has always claimed every government who come into power from time to time uh, always claim that they're going to follow a neutral foreign policy or an unaligned foreign policy. They use various terms, but basically the idea has always been the same. Um, what we see in the past few years is how difficult and challenging it is for Sri Lanka to maintain this uh, neutral foreign policy. So what we saw so in 2021 was um, Sri Lanka uh, resetting relations with India um, with earnest effect, um, efforts, but uh, there were difficulties arose due to differing approaches from the two countries. For instance, um, India continues to insist on full implementation of the 13th Amendment to the Sri Lankan Constitution, where the Sri Lankan government has a different stance on it. So because of these differences, always India-Sri Lanka relationship have uh, faced uh, challenges, and we saw that happening last year as well. And following this, 
there was also Colombo breaking off the agreement with India and Japan to develop Easter container terminal due to mounting domestic protest. This didn't go well with uh, India. And um, however, from the uh, towards the latter part of the year, we see some improvement and uh, strengthening of bilateral relations with the West Terminal of the Colombo port offered to Adani Group and which Sri Lanka turning towards India to get urgently needed organizing organic fertilizers, um, revisiting the trilateral military engagement uh, at the Colombo security conclave. All these um, proves improvement, considerable improvement in the uh, relationship. And on 4th of uh, January 2022, Sri Lankan cabinet approved a new deal to jointly develop the Trinco Mali oil tank farm. Uh, this was a project that had been dragging for over 30 years, if I'm not wrong. So what we see is that in terms of Sri Lanka and India, despite disruptions and challenges, it has managed to overcome those challenges from time to time and somehow it managed to strengthen the relationship. And ties with China also have gone through some ups and downs last year, which is surprising uh, for uh, SLP, under SLPP government. Uh, so China continued to provide financial assistance, vaccines, medical supplies, etc., etc. And then during China Harbor engineering, I mean, um, I think towards the, in September also, China Harbor Engineering Company obtained the contract to develop Colombo Port's Easter Container Terminal um, in stages. Then in May, Chinese Defense Minister visited Sri Lanka, which um, signaled some growth in defense and military ties. Um, but towards somewhere in no October, November, with the fertilizer chaos with the Chinese company, we saw a major diplomatic uh, dispute between Sri Lanka and China. Uh, Sri Lanka uh, rejected uh, the organic, organic fertilizer consignment from the Chinese company, and the Sri, the Sri Lankan bank refused to make the payment. In turn, the Chinese embassy backlisted the bank, um, which raised a lot of concerns, and at the end of the day, the company went for international tribunal and the Chinese uh, Sri Lankan government had to agree to pay US dollars 6.4 million um, as compensation. Now, this is a huge um, challenge, like issue when, it, when you look at Sri Lanka-China relationship. It's not something that we have seen before. Um, I think that also shows challenges for uh, countries, small countries like uh, Sri Lanka when it comes to dealing with powerful countries like China. Um, now, there is, I, I mean, um, Sri Lanka always at this stage still want to have warm relationship with China because of its economic partnership, developmental partnerships, etc. So in between 7th and 9th, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi is expected to make a visit to Sri Lanka. So we will see some progress and also continue, continuing development in the bilateral relationship. However, for me, I think what is also important in the last year is how Sri Lanka became active in multilateral corporations like Indian Ocean uh, 
um, IORA, Indian Ocean um, Cream Association, and also how Sri Lanka strengthened bilateral relations with uh, countries like uh, uh, Bangladesh and Pakistan. This is a very important factor and i would like to see more of such partnerships rather than us trying to only balance between major powers in the region but also trying and strengthening our cooperation with other countries so that sri lanka does not get uh, overly influenced or uh, influenced by major uh, powers politics uh, because of our strategic location we are we um, tend to get uh, dragged into great power politics and this intensifying power struggle will only bring more and more challenges to Sri Lanka and it will always be challenging in the future to make the balance between not just India and China but even United States and other court countries. Uh, given Sri Lanka's um, vulnerable economic situation, major players also get more opportunity to maneuver um, uh, Sri Lanka. Therefore, it's always a good, opportunity, good option for Sri Lanka to build relationships outside the major powers. Finally, uh, turning to Sri Lanka's economic situation in more detail, it continues to face increasing inflation, a 3.3% GDP growth rate, foreign currency crisis, and high foreign debt. What are your views on the state of the economy and what can be done by the government to improve this? Well, you're completely right. Uh, Sri Lanka's economy is in a very uh, troubling state at the moment. There are many reasons uh, that has led to this situation. It's not a uh, um, result of one or two years. It's a result of a couple of decades, I would say, since... Uh, 1948 since the independence. Uh, Sri Lanka continues to see a rising uh, debt levels and currency depre depreciation. Fiscal and uh, current account deficit continues to persist and um, I think in as of November 2021 its foreign reserve dropped to US dollar 106 billion. And according to experts, this can only sustain about one month of imports for Sri Lanka. And as I said, Sri Lanka is uh, very much dependent on imports. Sri Lanka's economy is dependent on imports. Um, our international credit rating has faced difficulties and international credit rating agencies are raising concerns about Sri Lanka's debt servicing cap capabilities. So all this uh, has created situation where Sri Lanka should look at new and innovative measures to bring its economy back uh, on track. So even though experts have called for the government to seek IMF uh, to help with the economic crisis, the government for whatever the reasons continue towards continue to turn in towards uh, countries like India, China, Bangladesh, uh, in the neighborhood rather than going for my IMF package. So I'm not an economist, so I do not uh, know uh, the exact reasons or to comment, give an economic perspective into this. Uh, but what I can see is that this situation definitely calls for a very clear policy to address 
deficit and debt sustainability issues in the country. The government should make innovative moves to improve Sri Lanka's credit rating and also attract in investments. But I don't think it is going to be very easy because if your credit ratings are uh, not in the right uh, place and if you are sort of downgraded by the international credit agencies and your economy is at a very fragile state, you cannot convince the investors to come and invest in the country. So it's a, it's going to be a very challenging uh, situation. But um, on the plus side, Sri Lanka has an attractive strategic location. Sri Lanka has strong human resource base. We are situated in an advantageous time zone where we can provide service to any part of the world. And um, there are very attractive living conditions in the country. Our weather conditions are very mild and um, uh, attractive to uh, anyone who wants to come and work. So we can market this as impetus to attract investors to come and invest in the country. So what government should make is radical changes to its fiscal policies to address balance of payment and foreign reserve issues and show that they are serious in these uh, policy changes uh, in order for the Sri Lankan economy to uh, be back on track. Thank you for sharing your insights with us today, Dr. Tanayaka. Thank you. You were listening to South Asia Chat. To learn more about the work we do, visit us at isas.nus.edu.sg. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram.